And we are back at it. Rogue Table Talks number 85. 85. 85. 85 was the year. I, I hesitate to say this. 85 was the year I graduated from college and the year I got married. There you go. Uh, yeah. That's a big year for you. It's a big year. Moved to the St. Louis area. A lot happened in a short amount of time. Uh, you know, all that in a month or so uh, amount of time. Moved Wait, you graduated and got married in a, within a month? Uh, ish. I mean, I graduated Dang. and I got married in June. It might have been more than a month, but that's close. Now. It is, except you know, it's probably easy for me to say. Just mar- weddings weren't as, anywhere near as big a deal, right? I mean, we got we got married at the church. We had the reception, not engagement parties, <laughs> none of that. Yeah, yeah, none of that. Uh, you know, we. It's, it is kind of funny to think back. You know, we had a buffet, and there, and that was what people did most. Right, right. I mean, five. I was uh, six years old. Uh, I was twenty-one. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, different world. Um, uh, yes, but anyway, here we are, eighty-five episodes later, <laughs> not <after>. years. Yes. <laughs> uh, I wandered around bereft of podcasts until 85 weeks ago. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then here we are, we found, we found the, the, the oasis, uh, (laughs) that is rogue table talk podcast, weekly podcast. Um, and it's Christmas ish E Christmas E getting, it's getting late. Uh, It's Christmas time. If you're listening to this and you haven't ordered uh, presents online, uh, I know. Tell you, it might be too late. You better hurry. It might. It very. Yeah. Might pay extra for the for the shipping, uh, for the expedited uh, express shipping. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's getting there. Hopefully, you've, you've got your uh, your presents uh, checked off the list and uh, got your tree uh, standing and the lights on it and all that stuff. It's like twenty three degrees this morning here. So. Uh, Oof. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, it's cold. Uh, so, but you know, people have their lights up. Um, it it uh, in this strange year, it is uh, the familiar rhythm of Christmas. It's a little. I mean, it's not like the malls full of people. Um, or uh, you know, maybe it never will be again. I don't know. I don't right. know. The world might be so different. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're a week. Yeah. We're doing this on Thursday the seventeenth, so a week from now is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve services, so um, yeah. And you're having in-person Christmas Eve services there, right? And we are here as well. Yes, yeah. we are. Um, we are. We did registration. Do you guys do registration? We did um, for a while, um, but I don't think we really felt like it was needed. And then some people, I mean, I don't. We didn't know if some people. Oh, I didn't register. I can't come. Which. Was, isn't really true. It just tried to give us a number. So no, we didn't do it. Um, we don't, so we don't, we don't really know yeah, how many people are coming, but um, you know, with social distancing and so on, that's the capacity is somewhat limited. So we're doing that and we're doing an online Christmas special. Um, yeah. If you're listening, uh, calvary.church slash Christmas, we'll have like a pre pre-produced Christmas special. That's part of the, the package. So we have an online and we have an in-person Um and so, yeah, we are, we're doing it up uh, Christmas-wise here. 
So, um, and we're going to talk about a Christmas theme. Um, instead of kind of, we usually talk about a pass, passage uh, for the most part, um, sometimes sort of an idea. And this is more of an idea uh, podcast where a Christmas idea podcast where it is uh, God with us, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that mean uh, for us? I remember, and this is not, this is maybe not 85, but it might be 95. There was a song, uh, Joan Osborne might have been the only song that she was famous for. One, It's called One of Us. What, mm-hmm. what if God was one of us? Uh, just a clod like one of us, a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. Um, you know, the whole the idea of what if God was like an ordinary person that we could interact with. Uh, and it's sort of a poignant song because God was an ordinary person that we can interact yeah. with. Uh, for our salvation. He came to earth. He became one of us. Uh, He entered into his own story. And and that's part of the miracle of Christmas that um, I think it's, it's because it's a, a, it's a mystery. The mystery of the incarnation is wrapped up in Christmas. It's hard to fully appreciate uh, that God, you know, entering into our story sort of defines our story. um, And that's a big part of what Christmas is. Uh, and so I kind of wanted to throw out, what does it mean now? Uh, what does it mean in our lives now for followers of Christ, for his church? What does it mean for God to be with us? Um, because he's not with us in the person of the human Jesus, uh, as he was in Christmas, but he is, I think the promise is still true. He is with us. So he says, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. So he's still with us. So what does that, what does that mean? That's sort of an open-ended question, and I don't know, probably spend a half an hour or so talking about it. Um, So what do you think? What do you think of that question? How would you answer it? I don't know. I think think it's a question that probably you ask it throughout the day, and it has its purpose just in asking the question. What if God was one of us? What if God was with us? What does it mean for God to be with me? I think sometimes when we answer, we want to define things, and I think that's good, and we should. But sometimes leaving it open is the point. Mm-hmm. So like I know we're going to have to be a mystery. Yeah, the mystery has to be a mystery. I think we, you know, we we're going to try to answer it, but I don't think that means we we're going to exhaust it um, because we know Jesus isn't with us in His person now but yet he's promised to send the holy spirit and then what does this mean in light of the community the redeemed community of faith the church Mm -hmm. what is that i don't know if we often think about that sense we typically think of what does it mean for god to be with me we think of like i'll think of this vertical you know type relationship what is what does it mean that god up there is with me down here um, what if we put it in context of what does it mean to God across from me? Yeah. Right. In, yeah. Yeah. I think that's you know. an interesting angle we should talk about. And, um, because I, I do like in another angle that we probably need to talk about along the way is what it doesn't mean or what we, you know, the, sometimes the way we often talk about God's interaction with us, um, you know, that uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday, they're talking about a family member. 
uh, and they were in some sense referencing the, the political situation that we're in now. Uh, and, you know, it's an extended relative, but it's sort of like, well, God's, God's, you know, God said to me this, or God's, you know, God told me this. And, in, in, you know, what he said was it sort of closes down the conversation because, you know, it's, you know, you can say, well, no, he didn't. Um, yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. You know, that's, that's, that's not much of a conversation. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's sort so I think sometimes we want to think of God with us as some voice giving us almost sort of a Gnostic, uh, you know, secret knowledge that God is whispering in our ear about things that are true Mm-hmm. Because I some, sometimes when people say that, they're s- or sort of saying it in a sense of, you know, God told me this and only me. And so it's my job to tell you what God told me. And God's mm-hmm. telling you, by me telling you, that's God telling you because he told me. That none of that's really sad, but it's, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you, we've all, we've heard this, we've heard this before. Uh, and that's not um, really anywhere in the Bible. I mean, other than... Um, prophets, uh, which, you know, God will sit, would say to them explicitly for communication with us, with God's people, with posterity, uh, and so on and so on. And it's sort of a cottage, um, industry of, you know, whether it's last day stuff or whether it's whatever it is that, um, you know, he was the same guy I was talking to talking about this, this family member who was, who was reading this guy's prophecy book. And it was the seventh edition of the prophecy book, which <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you just stop and think, as soon as you get to the second edition, as soon as you updated, I mean, right, the game is up. So right. it's the seventh right. edition, you keep updating it. Eh. <laughs> Maybe it's not at some point, maybe it's not prophecy ought to enter into your mind. But um, so that's sort of an extreme example, but I think it's easy for us to um, God being with us means he tells us what to do in a difficult situation. Um, uh, And I don't know that it normally means that, right? Um, Yeah. I think that's another way to say it is we, we like we trivialize, um, God's plan or God's will for us. Um, and it becomes very subjective when it's, you know, it's, it's almost like, well, I'm, I'm an authority and God told me, therefore I have authority over where we should go or let's, we should go this way. And, you know, so someone at the door for you. (laughs) Yeah. My dog is telling me something. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and so there's the, all of this weirdness about you know, uh, um, yeah, God's God speaking to us or or whatever, um, and I do think you know what you mentioned, you know, that God is with us, you know, in His people, God is with us in, in the body uh, of Christ, that um, that He is with us um, through his presence, you know, uh, in us, uh, as he said, I think you mentioned it, that, um, you know, when Jesus said, Hey, I'm, I'm going away, but I'm going to give you the spirit, which is better. 
because in this, you know, God can be with each of you in a way that's different from, you know, the, the person. Uh, and I think, <clears throat> you know, if we want, if we say that, okay, so we're in the body of Christ. And so we experience God's withness, uh, through the body. Um, then what is that? I mean, what does that say about our relationship to the, to the body of Christ? What does that say about our relationship to one another? And what are some practical ways that, that God is with us, uh, as we, as we think about the body? Um, and I think, you know, the first, the first, the first one that comes to mind is, you know, second Corinthians one that, you know, we, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive uh, from God. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like taking that guidance, divine guidance uh, example and putting comfort in there that God is with us and he comforts us. Um, in our sufferings and our afflictions. And mm-hmm. part of the reason for that is so that we can comfort others. And in doing so, we are God's presence. That's how God's comfort is received by you. If I comfort you in your affliction, and that's how he comforts me, that if you comfort me in my affliction, God is, is with me through you. And it's not just some theological point that, you know, God inhabits his body. And so he's with us that way. But in practical ways, as we interact with people, as we, as we minister by the spirit to one another with one another, then God is with us in a very real way. And I don't think we really think about it that way. Yeah, I don't, I, I think that's really good. I don't know if we typically think of, that conversation, that encouragement, that whatever it might be as, Oh, that was, that was God encouraging me. That was there. That was God using that person in my life. I think, like I said, I think that when God is with us, it's not to tell other people what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's almost like sometimes we, as God's with me so I can give other people advice, but that's just like advice on steroids. Like now God told me to give you advice and it's, it's the right thing to do. And Mm -hmm. I tend to lean with, with uh, the elves in uh, Lord of the Rings as we, we just don't give much advice. I don't really give much advice, Let the person maybe ask questions. Here's what I would do, but this is, you got to own this decision and um, I'll pray with you. I think, you know, Obviously, if it's a if it's a neutral issue, it's not like a, a sin issue. But yeah, I think uh, when God is with us, it's to to strengthen, to comfort, to mourn with, you know, to be available to that person, to offer them a, a, a real living presence and be fully present with that person wherever they might be. Hmm. As God as God is present with us. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's, I mean, a couple of good things there that I, you know, um, they're sort of in different directions, but the whole advice thing is, is interesting to me too, because I think, I think, I feel like there's a, like, you're a Christian, there's a, here's a situation, what, what's God's opinion on this matter is, often is the implied context, or you're a pastor, uh-huh. I'm a fellow Christian, you're a pastor, 
or you're my small group leader, or you're a mature, whatever. Here's the situation. What is God telling me? Uh, and, you know, if we're honest, we don't know the answer. I mean, typically, <clears throat> you know, unless it's should I commit murder or something like that, um, typically we don't, we don't know. And it's the thing is not always knowable. You know, we live a life of faith and and so, yeah, it's interesting that somehow it's not like, oh, I'm a pastor, I need to have this, or I'm a Christian, I need to have, where that's obviously a false expectation. That's not the point of God being with us. Um, uh, but then the other part of God being with us so that, you know, to comfort, uh, to, you know, pr- to pray for, uh, to be uh, present with, uh, I don't know if that's how we think of, let's say, a small group uh, in a church. Uh, or a discipleship relationship, or, um, you know, do we think of a small group as being together for the sake of uh, being God's presence for those in the group and for the sake of experience God's presence from others in the group? Uh, I don't think it's like there's a weightiness to that, that maybe we don't, always want to think like, you know, God being with us can be sort of a weighty thing in a way that we sometimes maybe don't want to think he's always with us. Is that possible that, you know, we sort of a lot and we want to live on this plane and not, uh, you know, not make it too, um, I don't know, uh, important or weighty or, or ultimate until we need something like that. And then we want to turn the switch on and then kind of go back to our plane. Do, do, do you think that's true? Or is that just me? No, I think that's true. I think I, I I'm just wondering like, okay, wh- what's under that? Is it, is it maybe too, too risky to say that I'm dependent upon other people and God through other people. And I, I'm, I'm kind of needy and, is it too risky? It just seems safer. I think sometimes people use the the um, kind of prayer closet or the just me and God or I, you know, whatever as as a if I can go here as a bit of a self protection as opposed to you no know, the whole community thing. That's the original design. Like that's the normative way people are to be transformed, grow, and be encouraged and experience. Is, is an old phrase, but just experience God. That's, that's the normative way. Um, yeah. Me alone um, is a good thing to pray, go, go by yourself and pray all those good things. But um, if that's all I have, I, I need to be careful uh, that I'm, uh, and I think it's the exception that that's the way people try to grow through transformation. The normative way is in community and worship and, in the weekend or whatever and small group and friendships like that's, that's the design. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's, and there's, you know, we're so individualistic in our culture that, you know, that I do think it's, it feels more risky or it feels more vulnerable or I might hear something that challenges me or that, you know, unsettles me or whatever, which of course is the point. I mean, that transformation probably is going to challenge and unsettle. Um, and I think, you know, we live, we're living in a time of online experience of church, which, you know, in the pandemic is uh, uh, often necessary uh, and maybe uh, often the only real option. 
but hopefully we realize that some interaction in a real way where we can be God's presence to some others and they can be to us is, um, is necessary. And as you said, normative, that's really how we grow. And I, I think it's risky for the, to open myself to that. It's also like there's a responsibility to think that I am that to somebody else or that I should be that to somebody else. Well, that's right. what I was just going to, just going to kind of counter is not the right word, but just add some, some guardrails here of, I, sh- I should take the presence of God and, and other people seriously and the weight of the weightiness to it there. I think the other side of that is I should, I should take it, the presence of God in me, maybe not so seriously. Like I have to do something for you or I have to be something for you. I have to do something spiritual to you. I have to have the, like you said earlier, I have to have the right answer or, mm-hmm. you know, I think we should cultivate the life of God within us and be present with the other person where, where the, where the, the power tripping that we talked about earlier and the kind of spiritual ego where that comes in for me is where I, if I take myself so seriously and I take, you know, I, I have to say this to this person cause I'm, I'm the answer for them or, mm-hmm. or whatever that may be. I think we, we tend to, we probably tend to vi- violate something, uh, transgress something in that relational stance. But if I take it, the weight on the other side, seriously, I think that's a good thing. I just don't know if I would, I don't know if I would hold what I do and what I say with so much bravado and weight and strength. I, I think I would hold it a little bit looser. So, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to, uh, the, uh, you know, Paul says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the ways in which we are probably, we're explicitly called to be God's presence to other people is to love, to have peace, to be patient, grace, forgiveness, you know, all of that stuff instead of having the right answer. I do, I do think that, you know, uh, one of the things we learn as Christ is with us uh, in his ministry on earth is that counter to what we often think in our culture, that the life of faith, the body of Christ is, is much more than just having the right answer. And we tend to boil that down to, you know, God's presence in me is typically not just, I have the right answer or I know what to do in a situation all right, you know, because I don't even think we often get that sort of guidance. We get explicit guidance, guide, guidance in how we are to be transformed, and you know, helping one another be more loving, to be gracious to one another, uh, to be gentle, to be patient. Uh, that is, I think, what God's presence is supposed to look like in me for you. Instead of, I'm uh, yeah, like I'm not Isaiah, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have the. I can't say thus saith the Lord, um, and I, you know. So I I do think it's an interesting um, conundrum, as you said, that if we think of it, um, you know, in some ways, if we think of it, 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 it can be oppressive, or it can be power trippy, or it can be um, whatever, but I think actually it's much more 
that as as we're transformed into Christ likeness, we be actually become, you know, Paul writes about uh, in uh, where is it? It's in yeah, Second Corinthians two fifteen. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So that you know, this idea of being we become the aroma. And that's really sort of this presence almost in a much more uh, spiritual way than having guidance or a word or something like that, where just in my experience, it's almost never, I'm not saying that never happens, but it's exceedingly rare. <laughs> it's often it's often what you don't intend. It's often what's left unsaid or it's something that you thought was trivial and the other person was like, that was exactly what I needed. I didn't right. even know it. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, in, in some sense, we're fellow travelers, we're fellow members of the body of Christ, we're being transformed. And so Christ is with us in our transformation. But as we are being transformed, we become more, the aroma gets more, you know, Christ-like or more strong or something. Um, and it's more that than this sort of discrete guidance prophet thing which, yeah. you know, it isn't that usually. I mean, if, and to think of it in that sense, it would, you know, might be sort of, you know, uh, oppressive uh, or power trippy, uh, one of the two. Uh, and I do think, I, I mean, I, you probably get ans asked questions. It can be sort of a weighty, like what, you know, this is some spiritual question I have. Um, and usually they're not easily answered questions, you know. Right. Um, and there is a weightiness to that. And there is a sense in which we can be, we can present God's truth as being, mm -hmm. but I don't think, I yeah. think that's fairly unusual. Um, so let me ask you another thing. <clears throat> uh, you know, these are all things I've, I'm, I've have been ruminating about, um, as thinking about God with us. Um, in one of the Psalms, you'll probably be able to name it. You know, David talks about, I can't, you know, basically I can't get away from your presence. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you, I think when I've read that, I think, uh, I mean, there's part of me that goes, uh, I would like to get away just for a little bit. Yeah. Right. I'd like to kind of be my own. And I think sometimes we do think we're on our own and then we go to God as if he wasn't there the whole time. There's something about us that wants to think of it in that way. Like we are our own self-contained person. And, you know, David says, I can't, wherever I go, there you already were. Yeah, I, it's, that's really interesting because I was literally thinking about that this morning um, for a different reason. But I was thinking about, you know, all that we, all that we kind of know is our relationship to other people, physical people. So we often, it, it just seems like I think the way I relate to other people is I can also go in the house and shut the door and I'm alone and nobody's there. And so there's no one there, or I can go into my office and close the door and I'm, it's my own private world. And I think we do that with God. Naturally, we think this is my own private relationship of myself to myself. And it would be great if you didn't invade the space and don't invade my thoughts. And I just want to have some me time. Uh, and I think, yeah, I remembered, um, years ago I heard a sermon on uh, the presence of God and it was something like 
the, the presence of God should comfort us. The fact that we can't go anywhere from it, everywhere we go in the depths in the despair, everywhere we go, God's there. And it should also confront us that everywhere we go, God is there. And there's, there's really no privatized time or me and myself or whatever. Um, and I think that's, it is kind of, it does confront me. It's like, Oh, well, I don't really like that. Leave me alone a little bit. <laughs> right. No, there's definitely something, some part of us. I mean, there'll be some, you know, more pietistic. Oh, I just think that's lovely. Um, and it is lovely. That is actually correct, but it doesn't always feel that way. Uh, and I do think that we like to think of ourselves as withdrawing. Like I'm going to go over here and think about this and then you talk about it with God. Uh, it, but I do think that it really, if you think about it, you know, that everything is, we are totally laid bare, that God knows us much better than we know ourselves. And he has grace for us uh, in Christ. It should be a tremendously comforting thought, and it should be a tremendously freeing thought. And it should allow us to think about ourselves truly, which we don't always like to do, Right. Uh, or have grace for ourselves. Um, in other words, this idea that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm being good so that, you know, God will be uh, happy when he's with me instead of angry or something, or that's, you know, some whatever simplistic notion we might have um, that I really probably don't understand God's grace fully and not, you know, none of us do. Uh, until I ponder that, yeah, he is with me all the time. Like, think of the dark thoughts you had in the last 24 hours. He was with you. Mm -hmm. He still loves you. He has grace for you. Um, and that's, uh, that's comforting. It's mm -hmm. vulnerable. Just all the things we talked about in terms of being with other people, all of that's true. Uh, realizing that God is with us all the always and that everywhere we go, he was already there uh, and we can't go into our room and shut the door and get away from him and have a moment only to ourselves. And I think if we, I don't even know that we would know how terrifying that actually would be if we could pull it off. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause he's present mm -hmm. for everybody. Like mm -hmm. we have no conception of what even that would be like if we could do it. And I'm sure we wouldn't like it. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe that's what hell is or part of what hell is. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, God being with us is sort of a deep well that that probably we should ponder a little bit more often um, in, in a way that can hopefully be freeing and allow us to maybe plumb the depths of God's grace a little bit more. Uh, and then to then be able to practice the presence of Christ, to have an ongoing relationship, ongoing conversation, if you will, throughout the day uh, with us. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about um, if we were more aware of God's presence with us always, what would that do for us? How would that help us? Or how would it challenge us? or confront us. Like, as you've said, it, it's, um, I mean, there are <clears throat> obviously there's good ways to respond to that in bad ways. Um, I think some people might start pretending more to themselves. Yeah. 
right? To maintain, you know, just like you might pretend with a person that's with just you. Just like you, you behave a different way when the principal's watching, you know, right? Or the right. teacher's there. Something. It's um, something like that. But that's not. I don't think that's how God intends it. No. Right. I mean, as you said, not completely, uh, not mostly, but there's a little bit of truth in, no, this matters. Whatever you're thinking or contemplating, right. it, it, it does have some weight. You know, our everyday moments have more weight to them than we think because God is with us in them. Maybe that's the way. I think there's probably, you know, it probably, it, it, it probably just needs to be said, it depends on what type of person you are. It depends on um, how this lands on you. There probably are people um, who are, this needs to land pretty heavy on you. Like, I don't think about God being with me unless I'm at church or in the morning or whatever. Or there's probably very sensitive people who they maybe need to lean on the grace side of, well, when I, th- I need to think about how God is with me, but not to, not to catch me like a, a speed trap. You know, he's not out to get me uh, being with me. So it, it probably depends on what sort of person and how this lands on you that you need to take right. this. Totally. I mean, some people are like, man, that God is lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so let's close it off there. Um, that uh, as, as you were saying, you know, Chad, that God's presence with us might depend on how it lands on us. And some people probably need to, um, focus more on the graciousness of that. And I do think that's the, that's the angle that I'm, cause I do think that, um, we, you know, God's presence with us always, uh, really should magnify our sense of his graciousness because, you know, he's not with us to catch us, uh, and doing something because it's not, he's not catching us. He's always with us. Like he's with us while we're doing whatever we're doing or thinking, whatever we're thinking And his graciousness extends to that. And that's our destiny. Um, you know, revelation 21, that we will be with him. He will be our God. We, we will be his people. We will be together, uh, with God, uh, in whatever sense that means or looks like eternally. Uh, and that is our destiny. And, you know, God's gracious movement at Christmas is for Christ to come and be with us uh, for our salvation. And he continues to be with us for our transformation and his gracious presence in us. And it is our destiny that we will be together. All of us together will be with him uh, and God will always be with us. Uh, And so, you know, let's end our, uh, you know, uh, week before Christmas episode with just that gracious note. Uh, that uh, one of his gifts to us is God's presence and that his gracious presence with us is something that we can always uh, have an experience and offer to others. So with that, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.